It's Laura Lynn, and you're listening to Ground Spirits Podcast, the place to learn how to connect with the elements, connect with new perspectives, and most importantly, to connect with yourself. Today, we're diving deeper into one of those new perspectives, and the perspective is of Bridget Murphy. Bridget Murphy is a transformational healer and a founder of Path to Powers programs where she empowers people to heal from within. She's a certified shamanic practitioner with the Church of Earth Healing and an ordained interfaith minister. Bridget empowers people through the practice of spiritual growth. Her transformative teachings, trainings, and private mentoring have helped hundreds of people transform their lives. With 25 years of experience in guiding others, Bridget's personal journey through physical illness and emotional trauma drives her passion to help others heal and live their sole purpose. Bridget has been a highlighted teacher at the Spirit Fire Festival and Lilydale Assembly in New York and the celebration of Reiki Inc. Conference in Boston. She's been featured in Elephant Journal and been a guest on the Happy Health Podcast, Awaken Path Radio, and Conversations with the Universe. She's available to speak on healing, spirituality, and entrepreneurship. Please welcome Bridget Murphy. Bridget, thank you so much for joining joining us today. Um, I wanted to learn more about energy and how you view that. Yes, energy. There's so much to talk about when we talk about energy. There is personal energy. There is, and within personal energy, we have heart energy. We have mental energy. We have psychic energy, and out. So that's just in and around ourselves, and then we have experience energy in a sort of a broader sense, the energy in nature, um, the energy uh, in the land or on the land where we live, and then we have collective energy, which is the energy of um, consciousness, the consciousness of the people. And so I'm curious which kind of part of energy you want to dive into first. What do you think? Yeah, so I was, the way I was doing energy was that we are all just a little part of the collective consciousness. And so, like, how can we use the energy that we have control over to to add to the collective energy? And then also I wanted to learn about um, the energy and how it's, like, is there a finite amount of energy or is energy always being created? Yeah, that's a good that's a good question. I think start yeah starting with our own energy, and if I get off track, just pull me back. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, starting with our own energy, learning how to work with our own personal energy, our emotional energy, and our psychic energy, I think is key. I think that's the first thing. Physically, people tend to know what they're supposed to do. We know we're supposed to drink a lot of water eat healthy, sleep, right? Not be in toxic relationships. Nobody does all that personally, uh, perfectly, but that's what kind of what we're supposed to do on a physical level to take care of our energy. Emotionally and psychically and spiritually, we could be doing a lot more than we are so that we are managing our energy so that we can be what I um, call in command of our energy. So that our energy, the energy that is ours, 
or that we borrow from the universe and it surrounds and goes within our body, we can focus it and direct it and create what we want and also disengage from what we don't want. A lot of times we are sending energy through our thoughts and our hearts um, into all different places and we don't need to be. So bringing our energy, recognizing first that we're doing that is a thing and then consciously choosing to be more in control or command of our energy is a place to start, right? Realizing that there's your personal energy is something that you get to manage. We can't manage what everybody else is doing with their energy, but we can manage what we're doing with ours. And so emotionally, that means that we are paying attention to how we feel, not stuffing our feelings, acknowledging how we feel, saying it out loud, so that energy isn't like getting stuck in our pipes because emotions, when they don't move, they get stuck and they cause all sorts of crap. And psychically, paying attention to where our, paying attention to where we're allowing our energy to go. And I know this can be tricky because people are not used to being aware of their psychic energy. And the good news is, is that you can begin to Bring your energy in toward you instead of letting it go out all over the place psychically simply by breathing and bringing in, making a decision to bring your energy in toward you. You know how we, we have a physical body mm-hmm. and we have an energy body, right? Mm-hmm. And in that energetic body, which some people call the aura or your personal space, the that energy can extend, we can extend that out a little too far sometimes, and we pick up on all sorts of crap, and we get involved psychically in people's stuff that we don't need to be involved in. So if we can bring our energy back, I'm doing it right now as I'm talking, if we can bring our energy back to us, we're less likely to get involved in other people's crap. And from here, we can make more of a change in our own lives and make more of a difference on the planet. Because we're not all over the place willy-nilly with our energy. Okay. So by do by spreading our energy too far, was that that other people can can grab that energy? I've heard the term energy vampires. So like what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Well and and that yes, that is it that is a term. There are people who there are, uh, an energy vampire is somebody who sort of preys on other people's energy. And some people do that totally unconscious. Due to their own out of whackedness, they're out of <laughs> they're out of balance. <laughs> they're looking to feed off of somebody else as a source. And then there are, I think, some people who do that intentionally. I find though that most people do it unintentionally. They're just meeting and they don't know how to refill their cup without getting it from other people, which can also be a symptom of trauma, not knowing how to source yourself or get your own energy aligned. Mm -hmm. So that would be a little explanation on um, psychic vampires. To go back to putting our energy out there, if we think about it like a big net, 
if there's a net around us, if my net or my web is close to me, it's going to be exposed to less stuff. If it goes out further from me, it's going to be exposed, like right here in this room, there's no other humans, so it's not going to be exposed to humans, it's going to be exposed to objects that I have in the room, the plants that I have in the room, and there's woods outside. And so the more we are, more our energy is exposed to other people, the more we're going to probably interact with their energy. There's, it's one thing to be exposed to somebody else's energy, and it's another thing to get all tangled up with it. When we bring our psychic energy and our personal sort of arc energy in a bit, we have it closer to us, and it's not out meandering, getting involved in other people's stuff. Mm-hmm. So then when we bring it close to us, then we could maybe like if we're using like the web um, analogy that like the, um, the parts that we're trying to work on ourselves, it would be, it could go through them, but then we can also catch like the, the good parts of us to work on it. Is that, is that true? Yeah. yeah, that's, that's a really good way to describe it. Yes. Okay. It's also, I have a practice where I help people to get rooted into the earth and then I help them to um, come into their center and then wrap a filter around themselves. And the filter is always porous and mesh-like because it really doesn't serve us to put up hard shields against things. That resistance Mm. actually creates sort of a tango with what you don't want. If you wrap a filter around you, what you want and need can come in and through the filter and what you don't need moves through. So essentially, you're not you're create you're putting your place yourself in a place of being neutral, or um, uh, less resistant. Yeah. yeah, and that helps you to not take on other people's stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you're talking, it's like the um, like people like building up walls. So we need to turn those walls into like this filter. So that's so interesting. So. Like the, I hear that a lot about like when you're trying to resist something, then that's what like makes it like 10 times worse. So could you explain to that? Is that like the energy like being bounced back to you or how does, is that, is there an energetic explanation to that? Think about it like this. This might, I think I have, think about it like this. Have you ever watched somebody who does martial arts? Mm -hmm. Somebody who does martial arts learns how to move, they're in tune with their body and they learn how to move their body just when they're with themselves. And so when another person interacts with them or comes at them, they learn to maneuver their body so that they are avoiding getting hit. Mm. And this type of practice that I'm talking about is similar to that. We're not taking anything or putting anything anywhere. We are expanding the beauty and the power that's already there and we're working with it so that we can navigate and negotiate energy instead of start fighting it because you start to lose energy if you're punching and punching and punching i mean sometimes you have to punch right but generally if you can just kind of move around and avoid the punches you're going to be in your own flow you're going to get less hurt and you're going to expend less energy yeah okay yeah that makes a lot of sense 
so my my other question was about how do we can we create more energy or um how do we how do we refill that cup like we were talking about earlier yeah refilling the cup has a lot to do with um taking care of ourselves we are all we're all born with energy and energy moves moves through us from nature from the universe from the life force the god force different names for it right and when we take care of ourselves give ourselves time to relax give ourselves time to have healthy food give ourselves time to be receiving love and affection from children and partners and pets we are putting in our, ourselves in a place of openness so that energy can move through and that's what we want we want energy to be able to move through us so that we don't get stuck or um start to have obstructions in our energy so what i'm thinking about is um the i've heard a lot about uh with thought like negative thoughts to just observe them and not hold on to them is that the same thing was that like part of energy like that could be flowing through us yes so that's a really good point paying attention to the thoughts that we think is important paying attention to and working with our thoughts when we when we can and when we're able it does make a big difference um negative thoughts are that we're human right that happens it's normal it's um I think it's more about thinking about what do we want to be thinking? What do we want to be focused on? And depending on how you live in the world, how you walk in the world, how much trauma you have, how much stress you have, it'll be easier or harder to do this. And the good news is everybody can do this if they choose to. Focus on um or identify the thoughts you want to be thinking. and then start creating them start start thinking them it doesn't mean that you're never going to have a negative thought i personally believe that when people are focused on the positive all the time they can go into a toxic place because they are ignoring you know reality mm-hmm. and they're bypassing their feelings and as much as you can like decide how what you want to be thinking and maybe even write maybe even write it down and spend more and more time thinking what you want to be thinking and then the thoughts that aren't so hot they'll start to get absorbed and they won't be so big so we can like push that that like those negative thoughts as energy to push them out of our body like that what do you mean we can we, well we could push them out of our body we can also transform them oh okay we really need to get yeah. rid of them Oh, transformation. I didn't think about that. Transform them. Yes. Because mm-hmm. thoughts are often connected to feelings. So when we work to when we work to honor our feelings like I said earlier, like let feelings move through, let energy move through emotions, then we are more likely to be able to work with our change our thoughts. Thoughts mm-hmm. and feelings kind of go hand in hand, you know? Mhm. Yes. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So I want to um go back to when we were talking about like our energy and how we can um make it go out or bring it in. Um does that is that connected to power? So when we bring it in, do we have more power? Like how do you view power? Yes. Well, 
I feel like we are in power when we are in command of our energy. And when we move from a place of responding to things instead of reacting. Mm -hmm. And so all of the things that I teach and practice help us to be, you know, in our power. And so there are things that bring us out of power in our everyday life and things that have taken us out of power or that have taken our power and energy from us from our past. And so paying attention to, well, we pay attention to what we can pay attention to, right? Paying attention to the here and now, noticing when you're giving a lot of thought and attention to somebody else's problems or a lot of thought and attention and energy to you're really, you know, a friend who's really unhealthy. That's one way to, to, to pay attention. Because each time we are giving a lot of attention to something, we're giving them our energy. You know, you've probably heard like energy follows thought. If you're thinking about mm -hmm. something, you're sending energy to it, right? So noticing who in our lives or what in our lives we are sending energy to because we're spending a lot of time thinking about it. Now, some of the things you spend a lot of time thinking about are probably fine to be sending your energy to. Loved ones children, people, partners, people you love, sending energy there is not, that come, that, that is usually coming from a healthy place and it's not going to drain you. It's the worries and the concerns and, and those sort of heavy thoughts that, um, they wash our power out of us. Mm -hmm. And so that's here in the present right now. There are circumstances in our lives that can go beyond our control that pull our power from us. Unhealthy dynamics between children and parents, toxic families, abusive relationships, trauma, um, whether it's individual or trauma in a community. Uh, it can be trauma that has happened um, in somebody's ancestral history. It can be trauma, it can be, there can be a lot of, a lot of things that are traumatic that when they happen, we lose power. And we don't know that we've even lost power. Yeah. So how could we gain that back? So I think we touched on it a little bit, so I wanted to go in a little deeper. Like, how do we um, replenish our energy? How do we break, break, um, get back our power? Um, yes. So there's kind of two parts to it. Bringing your power back to you is going to be, when you bring your power back to you, it's going to be more effective if you have a, like a strong base to bring your energy back to. So making the healthiest choices that you can in this moment as you are right now, that is helpful, right? Getting things, like getting rid of situations that are harming you if you can. Um, spending time out in nature as much as you can if you're able to. Eating healthy food. All of those things help you to be in power now, which helps to prevent you from suffering from power loss in the future. So all of that being said, I always like to start with now because a healthy baseline means that every 
everything else settles in a little better. And then um, I have a couple of ways that I help people with bringing their power back. One of the ways that we can bring our power back is to take a couple of, to realize that there are times in our lives where we lost it or gave it away or it was taken. And if you, you could probably think about this, folks in the audience could think about this. There are probably times in your life that range anywhere from being bullied on the schoolyard to having a really unhealthy relationship with a parent or a family member to being in a car accident to having a really bad exchange with somebody at work. That's just a couple of, a couple of examples. Everybody can think of times where things just did not go right and they felt really crappy or wounded. And if you take a few moments to breathe, put your hands on yourself, get into like a, a little bit of a calm place and think about that time without reliving it, without, without getting all in the feelings of it. Think about that time and maybe observe yourself in that time. Like maybe that time, I'm remembering that time that I was bullied at all, in junior high, coming off of the school bus every day. There was this one girl who would tease me every day. So um, I felt really bad about that and, of course, didn't want that to be happening. And she was, you know, slowly, like, kind of just picking at me and trying to take my energy, trying to take my power. So what I would do in that case is I would think back to that and I would see that like I'm seeing a movie or watching a movie and notice that I didn't have a lot of power in that situation and observe it and just gently call my power back to me. Call my energy back and I say like I'm calling my power back. I'm calling my own energy back to me. You no longer have permission to have my energy. I welcome my power back to me. And for people who are visual, they might see energy coming back into their heart, or their belly. You don't have to be visual for this to work. Energy follows intention. So if you intend to have your power back, you start to get it back. Yeah. That's so cool. So it's that, well, my question was earlier about the, is energy finite or can we create it? I love how it's that we can get back that energy from different periods of time so that we're all like, our energy is transcended around time and we can just bring it back. So that's really incredible. It's, it's really helpful and it's a game changer. I tell some of my, um, some of my people, my students, participants in my programs, that they can make a practice of this. They can make a list of all the times in their life where their power was taken or given away, and they can do this practice. And each night before they go to bed, you can just kind of sit and go over your day and call your power back from, I don't know, that fight you have with the person you're dating or that thing that went bad at work, whatever it is power back so that you are in the moment bringing your power back to you um <laughs> on a regular basis yeah yeah so you don't have to go so long without your power like from like the past and things 
Alright, awesome. So I want to shift over to healing. So we've talked about like power getting taken away from us. And so I think that that's one way of healing, bring it, being able to um, bring that power back to you. Um, but um, what are some other ways of healing? There are a lot of ways that we can heal. Um, one of the things that we can do to heal is to remember that our bodies were made to heal. We came into this world with a whole intricate system that knows how to heal itself. When you have well, a couple examples, when you eat something that is not good for you, your body won't throw it up or send it out the other way, right? Your body is like, get the heck out of me. And it makes it even like, cause vomiting is violent. <laughs> it, it'll, it'll do what it needs to do to get, get toxins out. Um, when you have a fever, that's your body's way of raising its temperature to burn the bacteria or the virus out of you. Those are just a few examples. So our bodies are made to heal themselves. We have learned in this, you know, modern era to give our power to a system that doesn't know our bodies as well as we do. So getting to know our bodies, talking to our bodies, communicating with our bodies, that is like key number one in healing ourselves. I work with a lot of folks who have mystery diagnoses, or they, not mystery, they have mystery illnesses, they can't get a diagnosis. Nobody knows what to do with them, yet they're in pain and none of the medications are working. And I find that the remedy for things is often inside the pain. So going inside the pain and communicating with it, or going inside the body part that has pain and communicating with it can give you incredible insights. Incredible insights. It's helped me when the mainstream medical system could do nothing for me, and it's helped many of my clients and students to learn how to listen to their body and then make the choices they need to heal themselves. So I think that's a huge one. Um, listening to the body, paying attention to the body, and remembering that the body knows what to do to heal itself. Sometimes it needs a little help. Um, and when we communicate with it, we can learn what it needs. Yeah, definitely. Oh, you were going to continue? Well, I was okay. going to say, and that <laughs> also extends out to emotional healing. Because when we have an emotional hurt or we're um, wounded or feel wounded emotionally, we often cut off and lose sight of how to heal that. And if you have a communication with yourself and your emotions and the hurt part of you, you can heal a lot faster. That was great because that was my question to ask you about the differences between physical and emotional um, and then going into um, like medical practices here in the United States, I feel like I feel like now it's getting a little better learning about the emotional, but before it was purely focused on the physical. Um, so I wanted to get your take on that if if we can be healed just physically without considering the emotions. 
I believe the answer is all like yes. I think that everybody is different, and sometimes we need we need to knowing ourselves and communicating with our bodies and our feelings, like I just said, is key because sometimes we have an approach to healing that actually is not an approach that's helpful. Sometimes people are really looking at identifying the feeling that is connected to the illness. And that's what they want to do. They work on the feelings, work on the feelings, work on the feelings. And that's helpful in some cases. Sometimes there's a biological misfire that needs correcting. And all the emotional work in the world is helpful, but isn't doing the trick. And if you reset the system with a vitamin or a supplement or something that it needs, things shift. So I believe it's different for every person. I believe it is connected. And I believe sometimes people get a little too invested in the way they think they're supposed to heal something. Hmm. And I'll give you an example of that. Um, so I'm, a, as you know, I'm a healer. I've been doing healing work for over 25 years. I know a lot of, about healing. About 15 years ago, maybe 16 years ago, I had developed a situation in my stomach. And they would call it, they, people would probably call it like irritable bowel syndrome. And so, contrary to some people's beliefs, healers get, healers get sick. It's part of the healer's job to heal themselves so they can heal, heal other people. So I had this sort of chronic situation in my belly, and everybody in the you sort of new age and the spiritual realms was saying, like, well, if you have something wrong physically with you, then you have emotions, you know, it's an, emo it's an emotional cause, or your thoughts are causing it. So I worked on my thoughts. I worked on my emotions. I worked on any energy, weird energy attachments. I did all the things, and I was living a healthy life, eating the right foods, getting exercise. Still, this thing wouldn't lift. Oh, it's about stress and anxiety. They like to connect stress and anxiety to that kind of stomach thing. Not saying that stress and anxiety don't influence. They absolutely, absolutely influence us. And I wound up going to a naturopathic doctor after having a deep communication with my stomach. And the naturopathic doctor said to me that my liver wasn't producing a certain amount of bile and that's what was causing my problem. As soon as he prescribed the supplement and I started taking it, things shifted. That's incredible. I could still be 15 years later working on the anxiety and my body needed additional support. So I believe in all different types of healing. And when we know ourselves and connect to that inner wisdom, we can be led in the proper direction for our body. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I wanted to get into um, your transfer, transformative healing. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? And yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a great question. So transformational healing is healing that includes your whole life. It includes taking into consideration all parts of you. So when people come to me and they have, they feel stuck emotionally or they uh, have a physical uh, imbalance that they want to correct, I don't just look at the thing that's wrong. I talk with them. I spend a lot of time with them. And I look at what's right. You start with what is right and what do you really want to embody in this life. 
And that is what leads the healing. So we start to match the physical and the mental and the emotional state with their best, to their best version of themselves. And then everything starts to align to that best version of yourself a lot easier because we're focusing on what's right and we're not focusing on what's wrong. That would probably be the shortest explanation I could give you of transformational healing. From that place that I just described, pain disappears, issues in the body and the mind heal faster. Problems that used to be front and center take a back seat and people suffer less because we're using a well, like holistic approach and a well-rounded approach. Yeah, I think people that's incredible. People can be free to live their best selves, live their best lives and get on with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's incredible to look at a person as a whole because I feel like by staring, I'm staring, by looking at like one part, you're only fixing that one part. And sometimes, like you were saying with your liver, that is just the one part that you need. But um, looking at all the different parts, I think that's that's incredible. And then even um, how you were talking about just looking at the what's good and then aligning to that good. Um, I want to say, correct me if I'm wrong, but is it that that is by figuring out what's good and aligning to that good, that's how you can bring in more good? Okay. Yeah. Because what you focus on does make a difference. Mm-hmm. And when you focus on your strengths and find your strengths, instead of looking for what's wrong with you or looking for your weaknesses, you're going to move forward from a sound, solid. like I'm about to think more about that but yeah, yeah I think that's a, it's a lot to to think about but I feel like that's what um we need to we need to do as a as a collective so I wanted to get into now like the collective healing and um because what I was also thinking about was um I feel like in that right now we a lot of people experience trauma and need the healing um but do you think that there's ever a time where we'll be able to not need healing that we're, or we'll always have things that are going to come up um, i hear like the word programming a lot and so is there ever like i feel like now is it like the shifting point of where we're um figuring out like being um aware that we were being programmed and so now moving away from that so just like what are your thoughts about what's to come wow you have a couple days <laughs> <laughs> so I um, believe that we are in a place on the planet that is requiring a massive shift in awareness. And I do believe that that is happening. And like any transformation or any change, before any change, there's always confusion. And we are seeing that confusion on a huge level. Part of what we're confused about is power. There are certain groups of people on the planet who don't understand how to share power. And until that shifts, we're going to be stuck where we are. 
we see right now that that is shifting. We see, you know, there's a, a, a huge difference, the power difference, um, in, with different racial identities. The supremacy culture on the planet is definitely holding power over a lot of people. And the people are starting to say, no, no, we're not doing this crap anymore. And they're taking their power back. Um, and that's happening in very, like, physical practical, logistical ways. Laws are changing. People are getting some of their rights back. People who, you know, are murdering people of color are getting taken to task and they're starting to be held accountable. Starting, it's a long process. So mm -hmm. we see, like, that's just one instance, right? We see that happening and that's helping the power balance to shift. And that's what we need. We need people less up here in their head and more here in their heart. And that is, that is absolutely happening. Yeah. yeah. So by doing that, that's how we're going to heal the collective. Is that your take on it? It's one big way we're going to heal the collective. Yes. That's one big way we're going to heal the collective is by and I can bring it back to us individually. Taking a look at when we are making decisions that are aligned with our heart versus our fear and making a commitment to make decisions aligned with our hearts, which is not always easy. Making decisions that are good for the whole. One of the ways we can heal the collective is to Start to look at, start to look through a lens of making choices, not just for ourselves, but for our communities. Not just for our communities, but the whole world. And that's like, that happens, doesn't happen all at once. When we can start to recognize that we're make, when we make decisions, it doesn't just affect us, it affects everybody. And that's when change happens and that is happening I do believe that's happening yeah and then I was thinking about like the environment like how you're talking about like the how we live our lives we're kind of like a pebble and then we spread out and it affects everybody including the environment and so um to bring it back to the energy so we were talking about energy of ourselves but you also mentioned like the energy of your plants in your room um so how does how does that energy, does that energy affect us too? Or how does, yeah, what, what about plant energy? The energy of, you mean the energy of nature and like mm -hmm. the natural world? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are, we are, we have this opportunity to be in communication with the plants and the trees and the rivers. They all have a consciousness to them. They're all living beings and they communicate differently than we humans communicate and to be able to communicate with them we need to stop thinking we know all the answers and start listening we need to ask and then sit back and receive and it takes a minute right because we grow up in this most people grow up in this logical way 
where in order to get what you want, you make a plan, you make, you exert some force and you make it happen. And there's another way to do things. You can ask a question and leave some space for the answer to come. And when you do that over and over again, you learn how to listen in a new way. Information comes through the natural world. It comes through our senses. It comes through our hearts. Sometimes it comes through like it sounds like a voice, but not always. Listening and softening ourselves so that we can hear is, um, is key in connecting with uh, natural forces. Yeah, and I, I think that's, we can also use that for, um, for healing the collective by listening. Um, so for instance, like the Black Lives Matter movement, by listening to how um, they experience life here in America, um, because I wouldn't have known about it before the movement. Like I knew that it was bad, but I didn't know it was that bad. Um, so I really love that, that you're talking about just listening and to understand others' perspectives, including plants and animals and, and everything, yeah. Yes, I believe that when we start listening to the voices, whether they're human voices or plant voices, listening to the voices that we've either ignored or stomped out, then we start to hear information that we need. Yeah. And I feel like one of the ways that we could do that is through meditation. And so I wanted to um, get your take on meditation and your secrets to meditation. Meditation. I, I love talking about this. And one of the reasons I love talking about this is because I would not have been considered like a good meditator. Growing up, I was hyper as all get out. Lots of energy. And a lot of people associate meditation with like being quiet and ascended or, you know, all this stuff there really isn't. And so I had to teach myself how to move into quiet spaces. And as a result of me being who I am, I've also discovered that meditation doesn't mean you just have to sit quietly. I have a lot of folks that I work with who would fall under the umbrella of ADD or whatever, ADHD, high energy, whatever you want to call it. And they've said to me, well, Bridget, I can't, I don't know how to, I can't meditate. I've got, I'm all over the place. And that's because they're looking at meditation through a lens that doesn't work for them. When we think outside the box and incorporate some things like movement and sounding, or playing an instrument, we can move ourselves into meditative states a lot easier than we think. And so if anybody ever has trouble meditating, or even if they don't actually, I introduce them to different ways to meditate. I work with a frame drum, I work with rattles, I work with the sound of my voice. I also um, work with movement. So when I'm sitting in quiet spaces, a lot of times, and if you're seeing, seeing us on video, see me moving, I sway a little bit. And, you know, maybe some people would say, that's not meditation. You have to sit quietly. I call BS on that because I can move myself into a meditative state by following the natural rhythms of my body. So I encourage people to incorporate movement, sound, and um, vibration into their meditation. That's, yeah, that's incredible because I am one of those people that 
I have high energy and I'm always all over the place. And so it's really hard for me to, to settle down. So I do really, really like that, that way of thinking about it, that we can move through it. Because sometimes like when I'm dancing or like, I love hula hooping. So like hula hooping and then I like can get into that. And I would always like correct myself and say like, oh no, but that's not meditating. <laughs> like it's wrong. But I love that, that there's not a wrong way to meditate. It's whatever feels right for your body. It really, really truly is. And part of the goal of meditation is to move yourself into a altered state. Move into an alpha state. Or sometimes people move into a deeper state when they're meditating. And there are many things that can get you to that altered state that don't require you to just sit quietly. So the way that you're describing it now is kind of like flow. So like when we're like really into an activity, would you say that that would be like a meditative state? It absolutely can be. When you lose time and you're like, oh, this felt like five minutes, but it was three mm -hmm. hours. Or um, it felt like three hours when it's five minutes. However, you lose time when you're not busy in your thinking mind and um, move into like a liminal space. And there are natural, this is actually a really good topic, natural times when we're in liminal spaces. If we paid more attention to them, we would realize we actually naturally know how to go into meditative states. So really? the time before you wake up fully in the morning, that's the liminal state. Paying more attention to that in-between time and recognizing there's actually some there's some medicine in there um, when you're in the shower when you're driving yeah those are natural times when you move into a liminal state or a meditative state hmm. that makes a lot of sense because sometimes ideas will just pop into my head during those times but i didn't think that it was related to meditation wow exactly that's incredible kids do it all the time mm -hmm. Children know how to put themselves into meditative states. And not only is it healthy for their nervous systems, it's a natural stress reducer. And if you think about it, and if you think back to when you were a kid, and it might not come to you right now, um, it will though. There was probably something that you did that you did over and over again that soothed you. For some kids, it's swinging want to swing back and forth. Some kids, have you ever watched children who sing and they make up songs? And they it's like they're effortless. They're not thinking about it. And look, mm -hmm. They look like they're in a trance while they're singing their little songs. Mm -hmm. They're in meditative states. And they're able to do that because no one has told them not to. Yeah. We, naturally, we naturally move into meditative states. Mm. Which just excites me. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> You gave me so much to think about, but the thought that came into my head was about the um, collective healing. And so the reason why we lose how to meditate um, naturally is because we start getting programmed where we start having to like cover our true self up or like all of that. And so it just like really excites me for the future that one day we won't have to like hit a wall when we're trying to meditate, it'll just come naturally. And that's just, that excites me. It's just so beautiful. 
it's true. It's going to become easier and easier for people to move into those states. There's a shift that's happening in the collective, and it's allowing us more access to our own hearts. It's also allowing us to um, tap into um, a different field of energy. Yeah, so I definitely agree with what um, you're talking about, that it's going to be amazing that we'll be able to move into these states because um, it is such a, like you're saying, a stress reducer. And I feel like so many people right now, they have this stress and then that's like what, like hurt people hurt people. So when you have the stress and you um, put it out on somebody else and then it starts problems and all of that. So um, it'll be really great to to move away from that. Um, But I wanted to shift into our um, soul purpose and how do we find that one of the ways is probably through meditation right meditation definitely helps because it helps us to get out of our thinking busy mind and when the thinking and busy mind is quieted all of the answers are actually here they're in our field everything that we need is here Yes, we sometimes need help from other people to bring that information out. And we all have access to the same thing. We have access to the same thing, including the answers to the personal problems we have and the collective problems we have. And so, yes, meditation can help with the purpose. And our purpose is usually something we're already engaged in. Many people, most people are already doing their purpose. We sometimes overrate the sole purpose thing or don't allow ourselves to fully do it. Like I work with a lot of peelers who they know they're here to help other people. They have fears, they have self-doubts, they're not sure how to do it, but they actually really know that they're here to help other people. So they know what their sole purpose is. Have they given themselves permission to live the purpose? Maybe not. And I think it's like that healers uh, or anybody. People know what they're naturally, or people can know what they're naturally really inclined to do. And that is often connected to something that you did as a child. Children come into the world knowing. And yes, trauma and life circumstances, they do a good job of making us forget. But that spark of life that brought a child into the world is feeds, feeds them. And tapping back into that spark of life is going to help you to know what you're here to do or what your purpose is. And so I always encourage people to look back into their childhood and see what they love to do. What did they do on repeat? What did they do that everybody, maybe maybe everybody didn't acknowledge or told them not to do? A lot of times, big energy people who are too much are leaders. And big energy and bossy energy is just unrefined leadership skills. Um, I know for me, um, there are some things that I did that really would have, if people would have known to pay attention, would have indicated what I was going to be doing now. 
I was very energetic. Of course, I didn't know how to manage my energy when I was a little kid. Very energetic. I naturally put myself into trance states all the time because I used to do this practice of rolling my head back and forth. People thought I was a little weird, but now I move into meditative states using movement. And I help people while I'm in those meditative states as part of my shamanic practice. I also, interestingly enough, always loved to be on camera. I always loved to be on video. Always made my dad play the video camera and I would sing and dance and do my numbers. And it turns out that a big part of my work is sharing my work on live video with the world. So I was already naturally practicing things that I was gonna, that were part of my purpose. And I was always a helper ever since I was a teenager. And so all the, all the ingredients for transformational healing were already happening. So if you look in your life, if people look in their life and see what was naturally going on, there's a, there's a clue in there as to what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, definitely. But it's like exactly what you're saying that um, there's like that fear and that self-doubt and all of that um, because um, I feel like very connected to like what you're talking about. And um, I think it was through this podcast that I was able to start getting back to that because just of years of like hiding myself because everyone always told me I was too much. And so it's just like my little like inkling way of like trying to to get out and to do what I was meant to do here, just like what you were talking about. So so thank you so much for sharing that and giving examples because it's really helped me out and hopefully it's helping you out there as well. Thank you. And so um one of my one of my last questions is going to be about inner wisdom. And so um how do we get inner wisdom and um how do what do you what does it mean for you? Inner wisdom is the true knowing that is inside of us. And sometimes we, I, I believe wholeheartedly, 100%, that we all have inner wisdom and a way to act, um, not a way to access it, but we have inner wisdom. And when given the right circumstances, the right practices, the right people to help us figure it out, we can access that wisdom. And so what we want to do is we want to make a little space for it. We want to make a little space for it. Um, and one of the things that you can share with folks who are listening is a short uh, training that I um, give out that helps people to get in touch with their inner wisdom. And so a couple of ways that we can do it is to look for how we can make space for what's already there to come through. So my recommendation is that folks spend five to 10 minutes a day without their screens, without anything dinging and pinging and going off and just being. And that can be taking a walk in nature. That can be sitting on your cushion and doing a meditation. It can be singing, carving out an established 10 minutes a day where you are not doing tasks and you're being, and that puts you in a receptive state. It puts you in a receptive state where you can hear that inner wisdom. And then the next thing is to repeat that on a regular basis. 
so that you're carving out time and space each day for your inner wisdom to come through. Now, it's not going to be like in two days, everything is like, la, 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 I've got the wisdom. We spend a lot of time covering it up, so it's going to take a little bit of time. And I assure you, if you spend 10 minutes, 5 to 10 minutes a day every day, you'll start to notice new things. You'll start to be aware. Answers will come easier. And also, it relaxes your nervous system. Part of the reason we don't have access to our inner wisdom is because our nervous systems are jacked. So, 10 minutes a day, practice calming your nervous system. And ask for the guidance to come through. Communicate with your own soul, which a lot of people don't really understand they can do. Mm -hmm. Those are three simple ways that we can tune into our inner wisdom. Love that, yeah. I feel like the world would be a better place if everyone could could connect to that, that inner wisdom. All right. Yeah. So that's all the time we have for uh, today. So just thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom and um, guidance uh, through this. So I wanted to leave it for you if there's anything that you want to share um, with the audience. I think the most important thing that we can do is trust that everything we need is inside of us and give ourselves the opportunity to reach it. Great. Would you like to share about your programs? Sure. If anyone is interested in connecting, it's, I can be found on uh, just by my name, BridgetMurphy.com. I'm on Instagram, BridgetMurphy, uh, YouTube, Bridget Murphy Healing. Pretty much if you type in my name anywhere, you'll find me. And I have um, a variety of ways that I help and guide people. I have a Healers Collective, which is a six-month program that teaches healers how to take their work in the world. And I also have one-on-one work that I do with people who are ready for a big transformation. Going to my website and connecting that way is a, is a, is a great way to find out more. Awesome. All right, thank you so much, Bridget, for spending time with me. You're welcome. You ask great questions. Thank you, Laura. Awesome. And that's it. So thank you so much for joining Bridget and I today. Um, You can find Bridget at BridgetMurphy.com. You can find her um, on Facebook, just Bridget Murphy. Uh, You can find her on LinkedIn, also Bridget Murphy. Basically, if you just look up Bridget Murphy, you're going to find her. So the same thing goes for YouTube. And on Instagram, it's Bridget underscore Murphy. So, um, yeah, just thank you so much for, for coming to listen to Bridget and Mind's conversation. And if you want to support the podcast, uh, you could leave uh, five stars. And um, you can also go on to granitespirits.com. That's where I'll be having some, like, pull-out quotes from her um, and the journal prompt questions. All of that will be on the website. And... If you are feeling extra generous on the website, you could click under shop and you could get yourself some merch, some Granite Spirits merch. 
uh, just, yeah, thank you so much for, for being here, for um, being with me for a year and a half now, and I'm excited for the future of Garnet Spirits, and I'm excited for you to be a part of it. So I will see you, oh, actually, before you go, um, I'm going to do this new thing, because as you can tell, um, so what ended up happening, because normally I like tell you guys everything. So what ended up happening was um, just a lot of people started reaching out and wanted to be on the show. And so I thought it'd be great to like get new perspectives on the show because usually you just listen to my perspective, you know. And so, so yeah, so I still want to like do my own like perspectives and stuff and like tell you about the things that like I'm going through in my spiritual journey because that was the whole point of the show, you know. Um, and so that's why, like, now it's, like, connecting, like, to the elements, so, like, learning all about, like, that and, like, how it's connected to, like, astrology and all of that. Um, and then, like, the chakras and all of that. I feel like that's, like, all part of, like, the elements, you know? And then the connected to new perspectives is, like, when we have, like, when I, like, go over, like, book quotes like I usually do or when I go over, um... Like when I talk to new people and like have them come in with their new perspectives and then connecting to yourself. Like that's what the whole point of this is, you know, so I share my journey and hopefully it's helping you on your journey. And I would love if you would share um, your journey with me as well. Um, and yeah, so like that's like where like the direction of the show is going. And and yeah, like I'd love it for I'd love for you to be a part of it and um, yeah, just, like, reach out to me in any way you can, like, on the website or on um, Instagram or even through email, grandspirits at gmail.com. Um, but, but yeah, I just wanted to thank you for, for sticking it out with me for this long, and I'm super excited to, um, to have you be a part of, like, where the, the show is going, because, like, just know, that, like, new things are coming. Oh, that was the whole point. So, with new people coming on the show, they're gonna come out every Wednesday, and then I still, like, want to give, like, my little tidbits and, like, to teach you more about, um, uh, I know we, like, never finished, like, that water, um, part, so I don't think I ever talked about Pisces or Cancer, I only talked about Scorpio when I was, like, talking about connecting to the water, and then obviously there's still a lot more elements out there that I'm going to talk about, and there's respective signs, and respective planets, and respective houses, and all of that, so I'm definitely going to be going more into that, so expect those episodes on Sunday, so I'm going to be having people on the show on Wednesday, or be, um, like talking about the different books that I'm reading on Wednesday and then Sundays will be more of um like learning more about the elements more about my self journey um spiritual journey and all of that so I just wanted to like give you a heads up now that we are in the new astrological year that just happened like two days ago which was actually my second um wedding anniversary so pretty exciting stuff and so it just like gave me like a whole new perspective on the the podcast and like where I want it to like the direction I want it to go in so once again thank you so much for sticking with me to the end here and yeah I can't wait to see what the future of Ground of Spirits is like all right well I will see you on Sunday and I have some great tips 
that I actually, as you probably would guess, I learned off TikTok, but they're going to be like the best things that I've learned from TikTok over the last year. And I'm going to put it all together for you um, to to like implementing your life and to like make your life better because hearing these things has genuinely made my life better. Um, those are the things I've learned on TikTok. So yeah, see you on Sunday. Bye everybody.